Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I get to be here with Becky Keefe, who's the community manager at Encourage. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Encourage and followed them. Um, And most recently, she's released a really amazing book called The Simple Difference, How Every Small Kindness Makes a Big Impact. And I just don't think there's any other time in history, maybe that we've needed this message more. So Becky, thank you so much for coming here, for taking time to share with us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I mean, praying Christian women are the women that I love. So this is going to be a fun conversation. Great. Well, before we get into your book, which I'm excited to do, we like to ask all of our guests, what is your favorite prayer closet? So where do you like to go to feel close to God? And it could be off the wall, the the crazier, the better, or it could be a literal prayer closet. (laughs) Well, I do not have a literal prayer closet because people don't, I do not have a walk-in closet in my house. Uh, Although my children like to play hide and seek in our closet, they're getting very large and usually break stuff. Um, but I, I would, can I have two? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, one is a different kind of closet. It's my shower. So I, I do a lot of good thinking and praying in the shower. I don't know. It's just like, don't have to be productive. It's just like time to relax. And I don't know. I just often feel like I hear from the Lord. Um, in that, in that time. And then I have, um, a spot in my backyard that I love to sit. I always feel, I feel closest to the Lord when I'm in the mountains, um, which I can't do every day, but I have a little peak of, um, the foothills near us and some tall liquid amber trees, which right now are changing, you know, beautiful colored leaves and just that breath of fresh air, uh, helps me quiet my spirit and hear from him. Well, and I think the key word is quiet. I mean, you're talking Mm -hmm. about the shower and I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, how we've had some of our best like professional ideas, um, work ideas, as well as conversations with God. And I think it's just, we, it's the, it's one of the few places where it's almost like a sensory, uh, depletion there because you don't Mm -hmm. have a bunch of stuff coming in. Nobody is going to, mostly be talking to you while you're in the bathroom. I mean, we've got kids, so, you know, they come in and out, but the shower, it's just like, you're just there. There's nothing else to do, but wash your hair. And, you know, and, and so it just feels like there's that sensory depletion that opens the door for God to communicate or even allows us to unravel our thoughts. That's, I feel like I walk around with all these Like, I feel like the, you know, the rubber band balls that you just keep adding the rubber bands to, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my thoughts throughout a day. And and you need time to untangle those thoughts so that you can process them with God. And so I love that. That is a good, that is a good word, Jamie. And so the next time my husband is like, why are you taking such long showers? I'm like, Chris, I'm a rubber band ball. That's right. I just need to take off some layers. I'm getting too wound up, which you would probably be like, yeah, you are too wound up Yep, Stay um, for as long as you want. <laughs> That's good. Well, your new book is called the simple difference, how every small kindness makes a big impact. So I'm just wondering, as I looked at this, I'm thinking, well, in our post COVID society, like with not post being over, but right, right. after it, it alighted into our lives. Um, we need this more than ever. Cause there's so much anger and bitterness and even rage and outrage. Did you come up with this topic before COVID happened or was it in the middle or what, what actually prompted you to write the book and when? 
Yeah. So it's pretty crazy the timing of it. Um, because no, this was not a book that initially had anything to do with what happened to the world in 2020. Um, the simple difference was an idea that really I started thinking about ruminating on processing with the Lord five or six years ago. Um, when at the time, so I have three boys, um, they're now nine, 11, 12. Um, but when they were really little, I often felt like, God, do I have anything to give? I know I'm giving all of me every day inside my home. And I, you know, I, my first book is all about motherhood. So like motherhood is such a gift and a holy calling. And yeah, I also had this desire to, to do and be something um, beyond my four walls, but I felt like I don't have any time. I don't have any extra money. I don't have extra energy. Like, is it possible for one person in the midst of their ordinary day to make a difference? So those questions were part of the genesis of, of this book. And then couple that with even before COVID and 2020 and 2021, I felt this, but now it's even more acute. That other question of the world's problems are so heavy. Like you said, it's easy to feel bitter and hopeless and discouraged. And so in that sense, I also have asked like, what can one person do if I don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers or bank account dollars, like I'm not called to overseas missions or to a political platform. Like, can I regular Becky Keefe in Southern California, like doing my mom work from home thing? Like, can I make a difference? And so those are kind of like the questions where it started. Um, and I remember one summer morning, this was many years ago, God kind of answered that question for me. It was, I was taking my kids to the library. Um, and we got there eight minutes early, which like, doesn't seem like a big deal, but when you have three spirited boys, (laughs) do you have any spirited children, Jamie? I do. I do. I have at least two. I have my, my first is pretty low key, but the second and third are definitely, I just want to commend you though. You got somewhere eight minutes early with three kids. I mean, right. Well, I mean, but I thought that the library had (laughs) an hour early. Yeah. Right. Okay. I thought that it opened at nine. So getting there at nine 52 was not early, but okay. I didn't realize they didn't open until 10 that day. Um, but anyhow, so at the time my boys were probably like three, five and six and those eight minutes, they felt very much like eight oh, hours because yeah. there was like questions and drinking fountains. <clears throat> and I have a kid who has a knack of like finding cupboards and I'm like, why are there not padlocks on these things? And anyhow, <laughs> um, trips to the bathroom. And as more people c- came into this like inner waiting area, I just felt like all eyes were on us Mm -hmm. and my kids weren't being bad. They're just high energy, curious little boys. And so when those library doors finally opened, this woman caught my eye and I could, I could tell that she had been watching us and she goes, it's going to be a long summer. And I was like, yeah. And then she said something I'll never forget. She said, but you're doing a really great job and I'm Mm -hmm. glad that you're here. Oh, And she had one that was just such a kind thing to say. And I think that would have like buoyed the spirit of of any mom. But the extra layer of that is that she had no idea how much I was struggling in my motherhood skin, how much I felt inadequate in parenting my three spirited boys and how I often questioned like, should, should we be here? Like, should we be taking up public space when we don't quite fit the mold? And I often felt like that our presence was a burden. And 
So anyhow, the fact that a stranger, and I was bracing myself for criticism, which haven't we all experienced that, like a critical judgmental word from someone else and that defeats us. But instead, the stranger took a moment to see another person and speak life and encouragement. Mm. One, it changed my whole posture that day. I thought about that comment for days, weeks, and now years later, but also it answered that question. Can one person make a difference? Yes. Because that woman did for me. And then it inspired me. I'm like, I want to be that kind of person that in the midst of my ordinary day, she didn't go out of her way. It was just right where she was. And I was like, I can do that. Even when I have kids hanging on all over me, even when I'm sleep deprived, even fill in the blank, whatever we feel like our limitations are, no one is disqualified from being kind. No one is disqualified from the simple gift of giving encouragement And so really that's, this was the start of the simple difference. And then, you know, the publishing process is long. Like by the time I, you know, write a book proposal and get a contract and all of those things, you know, was years in the making. And then when I actually sat down to start fully full-blown writing, it just happened to be March of 2020. And so perfect timing. (laughs) Right. I was like, but also I was like, God, what are you doing? Like now my people are all home around me all the time. Oh yeah. (laughs) And that was its own kind of challenge, but certainly it felt like this is, this is a timeless message because Mm -hmm. it's based in scripture and really, you know, God's call to love one another as ourselves, but it absolutely feels timely, um, for such a time as this. And I think that's also the kindness of God. Yeah. And, you know, even those things that were just like, what are you doing, God? I'm sure there are elements of that time at home with your family that impacted your writing in, in a way that needed to happen to get the finished product to look exactly like it needed to look. So, yeah. Oh, you're so right. And this might be jumping ahead, but I just have to tell you, picking up on that is there's a chapter in the book that I never intended to include. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's called hardest at home. I knew that you were (laughs) going to say that. And that was my favorite because I, it spoke to me (laughs) and it speaks to me. Yeah. Yes. So like I, that was not in my outline and Mm -hmm. yet here I am at home writing about the power of intentional kindness and with our words and our prayers and our actions And then suddenly I'm faced with reality of, I am, have a tendency not to be very kind to the people that I actually love the most. And why is that? And why do I think a lot of us do that? So did, did the circumstances shape the writing of the book? Um, Yes. Yes, it did. That is great. Well, um, it really is. And that, I mean, that's not skipping ahead at all. We can just talk about that. And just the fact that, you know, how, uh, you know, I, I find that I'll be, you know, working on a podcast or working on writing something and you're writing this thing that's supposed to be, you know, to glorify God and a kid does something and I just push them aside. Not that there's not a time for boundaries, but I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, I, I put them off in a way that's irritable and, you know, not kind. So, I mean, along those lines, what are, what are some things that we can do if we recognize that I can't, I'm sure there's not a single person that, that would not acknowledge that it's difficult. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I think the first is acknowledging it Mm -hmm. and also saying like, I don't want to keep living this way. 
And I think that's a powerful thing to say, because I also, I think it's in a lot of ways, countercultural because we, I don't know about you, but I scroll Instagram and I see meme after meme after meme about, you know, you know, moms hiding in, um, in closets and being irritated with their kids and how crazy life is. And you just want to escape. And, you know, maybe you're irritated at your husband because there's, you know, dirty socks on the floor. And I'm not, this is by no means like a call for false positivity or to slap on a filter or not to say that like motherhood is hard and marriage and home life. Even if you're not married with kids, like I'm sure having a roommate is irritating and hard. Like all of that is relationships, <laughs> relationships, right? Like yeah, being a person in a relationship with other people is hard, but so I think there can be this like societal, like kind of pass we give ourselves like, well, of course I'm, I'm going to be irritated at my children. Well, of course I'm going to be annoyed at my spouse. Well, while there might be moments of annoyance or irritation at the same time, while I try to train my kids, like, yes, your brother is bothering you, but you are in control of how you respond to him. It's time to take our own good advice and training and apply it to our own lives. And so I think one recognizing our tendencies to not be kind, to be unkind in our tone, in, you know, in our self-focus. And then two, to ask ourselves a very simple question of, how can I be a blessing in fill in the blanks day, in my child's day, in my husband's day? How can I really see them? And like you mentioned, like that doesn't mean not having boundaries. Like, yes, my children are old enough that if I'm on the phone, they should not interrupt me unless someone is like bleeding or puking. Like those are like my, like if you are having a true issue, but, but also like if I just want to be scrolling my phone on Instagram, cause I'm tired and I have a kid coming and wanting to tell me something and I'm like, not even making eye contact. And I'm just like, not right now, not right now. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a moment to be like, what does it look like to see my son, to give him the love and attention that he needs, or to even just be honest and say, you know what, mom's having a really hard day. I just need, can you give me five more quiet minutes? And then I would, I'll come and and I'll give you my full attention. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just being self-aware and good communicators instead of just living in that state of frustration and irritation. Does that make, does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, the thing that I realized at one point is when's the last time I made eye contact with, with my child in mm-hmm. a meaningful way, mm-hmm. because I'll say, do this or do this, or we'll be doing something together or whatever. But when was the last time I stopped and I just looked that kid in the eye mm-hmm. and I, and when I realized that I, I did it with my daughter, I said, come here, you know, and let's, let's talk. And I looked her in the eye and my soul was filled. Like I, mm. I was like, oh my goodness. I like, I love this connection with my child. And I think there's an illusion when we seek after certain things that we think are going to bring us fulfillment and some of them do, but like, I just, I think there's this illusion that whether it's housework or scrolling Instagram or working Mm -hmm. on the podcast or writing a book or whatever it is that you're into cooking. um, There's this idea that that thing, seeing it through is going to somehow be more important or give you more fulfillment than taking that moment and, and Mm -hmm. making that eye contact. And it takes so little. That's the other thing I realized was I sat there and I talked to her for like five minutes 
And I could tell she got a lot out of it and I got a lot out of it. And then mm -hmm. she was happy. Like she wasn't bugging me, you know, to give right. her attention because we, we connected and then she could go and do her thing. And so then we were, it was a win-win. We both won. And in, anyway, that's just, yeah. that's kind of what I've sort of noticed. But, yeah, um, no, that's so good. And it just starts with like seeing her, right? Yeah. Just, just slowing down to see her. And I, and I love that Jesus did this. Like he yeah. valued people over productivity, which as an Enneagram three, like is so hard for me because I'm a people person, but also I'm like, I'm a girl who loves a list and I yeah. want to feel accomplished in my day. And, um, but I think about, you know, the little children coming to Jesus and the disciples were like, uh-uh, like we don't have yeah. time for this. His people didn't want him to take time because they didn't think yeah. that there was time for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Jesus was like, no, come, come to me. And I think if we want to, to sh experience and then share the love and kindness of Jesus, we need to be people who take a deep breath and say, yeah, come to me. Like I'll, I'll give you, you are worthy of my time and attention. Mm, that's so good. Well, you are the community manager for day Springs encourage. I, I imagine that with such a diverse group of women with all kinds of backgrounds and, you know, common faith in Jesus, but so many other differences and, and coming from different places that there must be challenges. And I'm just curious, what has, how have you as a community navigated some of the crazy conflict and differences of opinion and hard things that we've gone mm -hmm. through as a society um, and, and what has that community taught you about kindness? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In the last, you know, 20 months, I feel like that this has definitely, um, come more to the surface for all of us, um, than, than even before. And I think what the writers of encourage have taught me is the value of championing one another the kindness of showing up without, um, what's what I'm looking for without, without condition. So some of our writers, especially I think of, um, our writers of color have shared on encourage over the last year and a half, especially about some of their stories, some of their experiences with, with prejudice or injustice. We at encourage, we want to, um, share our stories so that other women don't feel alone and feel seen and also to learn from experiences unlike their own, unlike mm -hmm. our own. And so I love that I have friends who are willing to go first with their hard stories so that I can learn from a perspective that I never would have had. But there have been times where we honestly have had people, readers who don't like something that, that they re read or they read it from their own lens. And there's um, a harsh criticism and one thing that has beautifully happened behind the scenes at Encourage is a sisterhood of writers who come and support one another. And it doesn't mean that in supporting that we are saying like, I believe with every one of your political point of views, or I believe, you know, I am subscribing to every one of your, you know, doctrinal statements. No, like, and I think that's, that's been like a cultural breakdown to say like, in order to affirm this friendship, we have to be exactly on the same page in our positions. Right. 
And I just, I don't think that's true. I think that there is room to be like, there's going to be a lot that maybe we don't agree with, but if we agree on Jesus or even not that, like, and everyone encouraged does, but I'm just thinking in general, in, in relationships with people like right, across all, humanity, across humanity, like if we see one another as an image bearer of God, as someone who is made by him, loved by him, that should inform how we treat one another. And so what has the encouraged community taught me about kindness? They've taught me about the kindness of, of being willing to share hard stories about showing up for one another and supporting one another, not to tear someone else down, but just to say like, I see you, you matter to me. Your story is valuable. I'm glad that you're here. And, um, I've seen that that can be really healing. Yeah. I saw something that you all put out. I saw it on Instagram initially, and it was a video and it was like a Brady Bunch panel of all different. I mean, it was like a bunch of different writers. Do you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. We've done it a couple was, of those. It was beautiful. It was um, this particular one was basically um, not all of your writers, but many different writers from different cultural and you know diverse backgrounds coming mm-hmm. together with different viewpoints. But what I loved was there was so much honesty. Mm-hmm. A couple of them shared that, yeah, we disagreed on this. We had a hard time. Like we, we didn't like each other for a while because we had this disagreement and we came together. And when we listened to each other, you know, we still have points we don't agree with, but we have come together and they just the unity. I mean, what, I mean, the picture of what the church needs to be with a mm-hmm. capital C and I, I loved it. And it, it really deeply mm-hmm. um, impacted me to see that example, but it begins with, I think a safe place to express Mm -hmm. yourself and a safe place to disagree. And I think, you know, it appears that you've created a a place like that, that is able to have that. I'm sure it's not all perfect, but it just, to be able to openly work through things like that publicly and come away as friends is amazing. I think it's amazing and inspirational. Hey there, it's Jamie. I'm just going to interrupt the conversation for a quick minute to share about our new sponsor of the podcast, the Abide Christian Meditation app. If you find yourself dealing with stress and anxiety throughout your day, or if you've tried to make time to be still and to pray and you just can't seem to make it happen, we know someone who can help. The Abide Christian Meditation app is a perfect tool to help you incorporate prayer and biblically-based meditation into your day. And for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash praying. Abide meditations are the perfect way to start your day. So before you check your phone and get into social media or get into responding to emails, take just a couple of minutes to start your day off right. You will be amazed at how much more prayerful and peaceful your day becomes when you start it off by spending time with God. So get started now with your 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash praying. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. Abide users report less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and better sleep. 
So support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash praying. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash praying to download the Abide app and get 25% off today. We know you're going to love it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, I think another thing it takes, it takes a lot of humility. It takes humility to risk saying something when you're not quite sure how it's going to be received. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, remember there's times where I have said something thinking that it was an encouragement and then to have an encouraged sister say, Hey, when you say it like that, this is how I'm taking it. And it would feel a lot better if you would acknowledge it this way. And I was like, I had no idea. And I think in those moments, it's so easy, especially in this current cultural climate, like to be defensive. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, if you really, if you knew my heart or if you trusted me instead of just being like, Oh, thank you for, thank you for letting me know. Like, yeah, I want to do better. I want to love you well. And, um, but I think we have to be willing to risk feeling uncomfortable. We have to be willing to risk, um, not pushing our position, but like you said, like it starts with like that listening, like, am I going to show up and just be willing to listen and to make that safe space for someone from a different background, from a different belief, um, different experiences to, to share honestly, and, and for us to kind of grapple through it together. Yeah. Well, and I think if you become, if we, if we focus ourselves on being a person that is a safe person for someone to speak that kind of truth to, because obviously the people that have expressed those things to you wouldn't do that if you were going to be, you know, uh, seething behind the scenes or punishing them by, you know, <laughs> you don't get published this month because of what right. you said though. But anyway, I, but you know, obviously you were a safe person to speak to. And so on both sides, I think we need to be willing to be honest, which is really hard for me because I don't like conflict of any time, any kind. So I don't like saying things, even if they're not mm-hmm. mean, even if it's just a truth, like speaking a truth in love is hard for me to do, mm-hmm. but it's, it's important because otherwise you keep it inside. And on the flip yeah. side, I really desire the kind of people in my life to speak directly because, and I feel relieved when my mm-hmm. husband is the opposite. He's very much a, he just lays it all out there. And I always, mm-hmm. he's honest to the point where I feel very comfortable knowing where I stand with him at all times. Mm-hmm. And I, I desire that in other people. So I need to yeah. kind of probably work on being, you know, more like that myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in your book, you talk about how there's this difference between random acts of kindness, which, you know, there you've seen the bumper stickers out there and intentional kindness. Your book is about intentional kindness. So can you talk about that difference between those two terms? Yeah. So the actual action can often end up looking similar, Mm -hmm. but here's the distinction in my mind. A, A random act of kindness is often something extra we we do 
when we feel like it, mm-hmm. when we're having a good day, we'll think, oh yeah, I'll smile at that stranger or give a compliment to the barista. Or, you know, if we're, you know, have an extra five, 10 bucks, we'll pay for the person to drive through behind us. Like it often comes like, or, you know, we're like, oh, it's, you know, it's the holidays or it's the anniversary of this person. Like I'm going to do a random act of kindness on their behalf. It's often when we feel like it, which there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But intentional kindness is more of a posture that says, whether I feel like it or not, whether I, in my own estimation, think that I have something to give, um, I am purposing to see the people in front of me and give what I have right where I am. And it kind of goes along with this simple difference prayer that I have. And it's, um, as I go on my way, Lord, have your way with me. And so I think random acts of kindness are often this like going out of our way, whereas intentional kindness, it's like every day, like right where I am, like when you're picking up your kids from school, when you are, you know, at the dry cleaners, I say that as an example, I think I've been to the dry cleaners like twice in my whole life. Um, (laughs) Some people go, but some people go, if you go, I don't, I don't, I'm like, why do I say the dry cleaners? It's not like I ever even, but, um, (laughs) you know, whatever, like, but that idea of like, as we're going on our way and whatever our daily lives look like, will we live eyes wide open to the people around us and heart soft and surrendered to the Holy spirit to do whatever it is that he asks us to do. Yeah. I love that picture of not going out of your way to do something kind. Cause that's not sustainable. We're all busy. We have stuff going on, but to write in your sphere to just live a life of kindness. I mean, just to kind of have it overflow. And I mean, isn't that what being salt and light in, in the world that we live in is all about? I like that because I mean, that makes it very doable and yeah. I'm even just starting to think of ideas now. Yeah. If I could do this and this and this, I just think back to that example that you gave of that woman at the library. And mm-hmm. I think we've all had moments like that, that we hold on to something that that woman probably has no idea. Oh, that, how that could thing, she? Right. No until idea. she reads your book. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, or sees this interview, but, yes. um, but yeah, it's it, it those little things to just think that if I did maybe a, you know just a few of those a week, if not mm-hmm. several a day, how many lives could be like just lifted up? Like you know, I think of the um, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast in bread, and I always picture it as these teeny tiny little pieces of you know little little yeast whatever seeds. <laughs> they look like seeds. They're not seeds. And, but yeah. Right. But they, they like collectively raise up that dough mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing. If all of us were to do just a little bit of this kindness, um, yeah, it truly would raise up because what I have experienced is when I've been on the end of feeling offended or feeling bitter or reacting strongly to something or someone, um, I typically don't express it, but when I encounter that person and I encounter kindness on their part, regardless of what they've said that might've been offensive in the past or on paper or on whatever Mm -hmm. online, it's like, it totally diffuses that, that, uh, bitterness or whatever it is that's inside. And so that kindness, you know, if, if we have any part of us that's offending others in some way or riling someone up because of whatever, you know, then our kindness can, can diffuse that and kind of neutralize it. So that's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are so many just 
really simple, every, everyday things. And I like to think about like, what am I already doing and how can I bless someone in the midst of what I'm already doing? So like one of my favorite things is if I'm on my way to Trader Joe's or Costco, um, I do this so often that usually the Lord just, he'll just like drop a name in my head Hmm. of a friend. And maybe it's a friend who's going through a hard time, or maybe it's just a friend who I know is like lives in root, whatever. And I'll often just send a text. Hey, I'm on my way to target to Costco. Like, do you need anything? And usually that person says no, but guess what? There is a kindness of being thought of the fact that like, you know, they, I reached out. Um, I have a friend whose daughter has cancer right now and it like breaks my heart. And sometimes I think, especially when someone's going through a crisis and it feels like I, what could I possibly do to change this situation? Right. Nothing, but how can I love well in the midst of it? And, and those are simple things like, Hey, I am on my way to Costco. Like, can I get you a rotisserie chicken and, you know, a baguette and a bag of salad? So you don't have to think about dinner tonight. Um, it doesn't have to be big or flashy. Um, or another like favorite example, I have a neighbor who I've been getting to know for the last several months. Um, we've lived in our house for eight years, but I'm just starting to get to know her and, um, she's older and she lives alone and excuse me, she was on my heart the other day. And I was like, how can I bless crystal? And I noticed I had a chocolate cake on my counter that, um, a family member had brought over for dinner the night before. And I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take crystal a piece of cake. I don't know if she likes chocolate cake. I didn't bake the cake. I didn't even buy the cake. Like, but that's just <laughs> like, it just shows like it doesn't have to be big or elaborate, but I also think it's important to embrace the power of now, Mm -hmm. which means like, oftentimes we can, someone can, the Lord can put someone on our heart and we're like, oh yeah, like I'll call them later or I'll do that thing later. Often if we just like with your daughter, you just took those five minutes right then and connected with her. Mm -hmm. I think if we just take that, that instant, you know, pick up the phone or send that text or walk across the street and, um, it made my neighbor's day. She's like, I love chocolate cake, but even if she hadn't, even if she was allergic to gluten or sugar or something that I wasn't aware of, she still would have received the gift of being thought of. And I think that's one of the simplest kindnesses we can give. Oh, absolutely. Who doesn't want to feel seen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what is, what are, so what are some other ideas, like just kind of off the top of your head, what are some other kinds of things that you've heard people do, or that you enjoy doing that are just kind of along this lines of things that you can do just every day? Um, absolutely. Words of encouragement, I think Mm -hmm. are one of the simplest, most powerful things that we can do for the people in our home and the stranger, you know, we're standing in line with at the grocery store. I mean, if someone says like, wow, like that green is a great color on you. Like, Mm -hmm. how does that lift your spirit? You know, or when I've had a friend who was like, wow, Becky, like you're a really great mom. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, like, even I see like you, like your posture, like it just gives you that uh, breath of fresh air, right? (laughs) That would be so nice to hear. Yeah. That'd be so nice to hear. Um, I think also let us not forget the kindness of prayer, which Mm -hmm obviously is, you know, something that you guys are so passionate about and great at equipping women. And, 
Um, one thing that I have learned that has been such a huge kindness I have received is when someone prays for me in the moment, mm-hmm. it's great to say, I will pray for you do that. But when I have had, you know, a friend right there at the park, even with our eyes open and I'm sharing something that's on my heart. And she's like, I'm going to pray for you about that. Mm. And to have a friend put her arm around me and we're still keeping an eye on our kiddos and it doesn't have to be simple or long or eloquent, but just to take my concerns straight to the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And, and sometimes it's going to be awkward, especially maybe God's going to prompt you to pray for someone uh, in the toilet aisle at target or um, at the dry cleaners. If that's where you go, like there's all these places <laughs> Um, do it anyway, be awkward. Like you never know what difference that can make in the book. I tell a story about my friend, May Patterson, who, um, had an encounter in an airport where God prompted her to pray for a stranger. And she like, I have never done this before. And I'm so glad she did because then she told the story and then I got to retell the story and it's impacting lives to think about let's care more about loving someone in front of us than our own discomfort or awkwardness in the moment. Yeah, it's definitely, you've got to check your pride at the door sometimes, especially when it comes to praying for someone, because, you know, giving someone a free coffee or a cake or something like Mm -hmm. those are, are a little bit less risky, but when you're putting yourself out there, I mean, there are times when people might not be receptive to that. So yeah, it's definitely, um, it's, it's checking your pride at the door. And if that person says, no, if you say, may I pray for you? And they say, nope, you can just be like, well, maybe I didn't hear right from God. Or maybe that person didn't want you to pray for them, but inside they're like, that person cared enough to ask if they could pray for me. Wow. (laughs) Right. Even if they just, you know, didn't want to be prayed for, but you know, just that act, like you said. Yes. And here's the thing too, just like, what I think about so often is, and I preach to myself, like, I am not, I'm responsible for being obedient to God. He Mm -hmm. is responsible for the outcome. Like the young boy who gave his five loaves and two fish, he was not responsible for, for solving the crowd's hunger problem and their crisis of being in a remote area. No, he just was responsible for giving what he had. And then God's power gets to shine when it's multiplied. And and oftentimes like we don't get to see, like we don't, we just know that there's a seed planted or we just know, wow, well, that didn't go the way I hoped, but on to the next thing. Like we don't have to, our identity isn't tied up in kindness. And the truth is it's not about us. Like it's not about if we get a pat on the back or shiny gold star, like It's, I think when we live out of that, like we were saying, the overflow, have experienced the kindness of God in our lives in such a way that it compels us to share it with others. If we get to see some of those stories in the ripple effect, great. If not, we can still trust that we're doing exactly what God would have us do. Well, why do you believe that being a change maker begins with seeing and not doing to kind of back it up a little bit? You know, we're talking about the doing, but how does it begin with seeing? What does that look like? Yeah. Well, I think we've already, you know, touched on this, that it starts with that just act of living aware of really seeing the person in front of us of, um, setting aside our own distraction, our own agenda. Um, you know, I realize that so often when I'm either in my home or I'm out 
doing errands or on the soccer sideline, or even like waiting for church to start. Like I am thinking about my work project that I have to finish and what should I cook for dinner? And, oh, there's that friend that I forgot to text back. And I'm probably scrolling Instagram at the same time. <laughs> like yeah. if I'm doing all of that, I am not seeing the people in front of me. And so that's the very first step. Like we, we aren't even in a posture of seeing the needs around us if we aren't first seeing people. So, um, I, that's why I think it starts with seeing, seeing the people in front of us. It also starts with, as we've talked about a little bit, like seeing God's lavish love for us. Mm. I think when we really recognize the undeserved kindness that we have received from God, it frees us to be like, yep, no one deserves kindness. No one deserves love. And yet God chose to freely give it. And therefore, I, I, I am able and I want to do the same. And then it's, and then it's seeing the possibility of the Holy Spirit's power within us again. Like, this is not about me. It's not about like, do this by my own strength and, and check off another box. Have I been kind today? Have I done a kind deed? No, it's saying God every day, as I go on my way, like help me to see the frazzled mom, help me to see a, even a friend who is feeling depressed or overlooked, help me to see the neighbor across the street who I don't even know her name, but you want me to reach out and connect, help me to see my own children, my husband, my parents in your eyes, and then help me to see that you can use exactly what I have right where I am to show your love. Well, that is great. I just, I love it. I love this book and this message and I just can't wait to share it with our listeners. So thank you for, for sharing. Um, where, where can our listeners find you online and find your book and connect with you? Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. My favorite place to hang out is on Instagram and I'm just at Becky Keefe. And so if you listen to this episode, would you come over there and just let me know and say, hi, I would love to connect with you. Um, you can find the simple difference on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever, uh, books are sold. And I, you can check out more resources at be the simple difference.com be the simple difference.com. Um, it's a great book to do with friends. And I have a free, uh, small group discussion guide. I've also written a companion Bible study called courageous kindness, live the simple difference right where you are. And on my website, you can find leader resources. We encourage has, um, six free videos. So we make it really easy for you to go through with a group or on your own. And you can find all that at be the simple difference.com. That's great. That is a lot of stuff. You're you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. But such such God's kindness. I mean, <sighs> couldn't do it on my own and I wouldn't want to. So yeah. he's well, so that good. is that is great, Becky. Well, thank you for talking with us. And I'm gonna close this up in prayer. How can we pray for you today? Mm, that's so kind to ask. Um, I would just love discernment for the next right thing the Lord has for me in terms mm -hmm. of work and, uh, my family just for, just for his guidance and wisdom in the season. 
All right, we will do it. Well, Becky, thank you for taking time to talk with us today. And we just really, I mean, I, I really believe this message is transformational. I, I think this could definitely, if we all just really took it in, I, the world could be transformed. So thank you for putting it out there. Mm, thank you for having me. All right. God, we just thank you so much for this time together to focus on kindness and just the, the impact and the power of being salt and light in a world that desperately needs Jesus. I just thank you for Becky. Thank you for your perfect timing, even though I'm sure she was thinking, God, are you crazy when, when the pandemic struck and she's sitting there trying to write and think and work with a house full of family. Um, Lord, you knew exactly when it needed to come to fruition. You knew, you knew exactly how it was going to come about. And we just acknowledge you as so much wiser than we are. And we just thank you for the blessing of that added chapter that wouldn't have been in there. And just all of the ways that you give us better gifts than we could ever even ask for ourselves. And so we thank you, God. And we just pray for Becky now as she puts all of this amazing stuff out into the world that you would open doors for it to reach many, many women, many more women than she ever even imagined that this message and, and the practice of kindness would truly transform the church and transform the world and bring glory to you, God. Just bring down glimpses of your kingdom on this earth. God, I just pray for wisdom and discernment for Becky, that she would hear your voice above anyone else's when it comes to what she needs to do next. And we just pray that would be very clear and very straightforward and, and just for the, the, uh, the ability to steward all the callings that you've placed on her and in her life well, and, and just to, to, to help her to understand that where you have called her, you have already equipped her and, and that you will be there to be her strength. Even in the times when she feels weak, that your power is made perfect in that weakness to the point where she's going to do amazing, amazing things. And we just thank you for her. Thank you for encourage and the blessing that that ministry is. And we just pray your blessing on, on encourage as well, that you would just bless those women bless Becky as she leads them as community director and just be glorified in it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.